0: You don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth.
1: I have designed over a thousand spaces, and I do it quickly. If you've looked at our website, you can see that I design places in five or six hours. But I have some news, some exciting and anxiety-producing news. I'm moving. So it's not gonna affect the podcast or my business, but I'm gonna to move to suburbia. And I'm moving to Dobbs Ferry, and it's the first time I've moved to a place that I thought, yes, this could be my forever home. What does forever mean? You know, does it mean five years? Does it mean 35 years? I don't know, but it's the first time that I can put down roots and I help my clients put down roots every day and all of a sudden I'm paralyzed. How do I design my own home? So today's episode is all about how an interior designer designs her own home. Whew, it's not as easy as it sounds. I'm Betsy Helmuth and welcome to my episode, Dream House. So I have been struggling. Two months ago, if you would have asked me if I was moving out of Brooklyn, I would have said you're crazy. No way. And all of a sudden, I went to a client's house in suburbia, and it was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. I work in suburbia all the time, but all of a sudden, this one just clicked for me. I could see my life there, even though their life is there. Don't get me wrong, I'm not buying their house. I could see my life there. I could see my kids there. I could see me not stepping over toys anymore. They had a playroom. We play in like my entryway. It's getting sad. So all of a sudden, as I walk back from the client's house to the train because they were in New Jersey, I text the real estate agent that they used because you can look up their address and I'm like, I want that house even though they live there. And so I called their real estate agent on my five minute walk to the train. By the time the train came, I had listings in my inbox. And when I was on the train, I was like scrolling through them, two days later, I was in their neighborhood looking at open houses. That's how it goes down. When I want something, I'm like a dog with a bone. Careful what you wish for. Two months later, I'm moving. I am moving to Dobbs Ferry and I am anxiety riddled because not only is it gonna change my lifestyle, but now I have to design a house. And I was freaking out because, you know, I'm doing everything I never do for clients. I'm making Pinterest boards, I'm shopping too long, I'm looking at everything, everything I tell them not to do, like just going randomly and not having a focus. And yes, I like that, yes, I like that. Do they go well together? Who cares, I love it. Uh, And that's not the way you do things. So I had to pull myself back and say, how do I work with clients? How do I design? That's what we're gonna talk about today. How I design because I do it every day, but I don't dissect it. And all of a sudden when I had to do it for myself, I was like, Betsy, go to step one. So today I'm gonna take you through my steps, how I reined myself in, how I pared down my Pinterest and got focused on designing my dream house. So step one is ask yourself who you're getting into a relationship with. And your new partner is the architecture of your home. So I looked at lots of different places. That house I fell in love with, that was my clients, it was a Victorian and I was like, oh my goodness, a Victorian, I've never been interested in antiques, but all of a sudden I was like, yes, let's get an antique credenza and paint it pink. I just wanted to embrace it because that's what my partner, the architecture was gonna tell me to do. I would have to go a little bit Victorian in my design. So when I was shopping for a house, I was like, only Victorian, that's what I want. But careful um, to narrow yourself down too much because then you're never gonna find a place and I wanted a place ASAP. So I settled on a craftsman. It's beautiful, it's wonderful. It's not my jam, right? I said to my real estate agent, no stucco. I don't do stucco guess what guys my house is stucco (laughs) um but it had so many other good qualities and it's just like finding a person in real life you can't just say who you want your partner to be and get it you have to kind of see who you click with and this house and I have amazing chemistry so I am picking a craftsman that has stucco and I need to bend what I want to what my partner the architecture wants because it's dominating It's no longer just an apartment, it's a house, and so I really have to pay attention to its architecture and design around that. So it has things that I like and things that I don't like, like this big stained glass situation. There's like stained glass everywhere, and it's not my thing, but I have to learn to love it. Just like when you have a partner in real life, uh, the things that you don't love, you have to sort of learn to work with so that's the first thing ask yourself what is the style of the house i'm moving into is it super modern is it a place in williamsburg that's a loft with clean lines because then you want to skew a little bit more modern i'm moving into a craftsman that has big chunky stained glass colors that are already dictated to me from the stained glass and i have to bend to that if i moved into that amazing victorian Don't worry, clients, I'm not gonna gonna buy your house out from under you. But if I had moved to that house? I'd really be embracing antique style furniture and mixing it with other things that I thought were more fun and colorful. So basically ask yourself, what's the architecture? Step one. Step two, you'll remember from my book. I had to go back and say, Betsy, what did you write in your book? Go back to your rules. And my rule is find an inspiration piece. So that inspiration piece is one item, be it, a piece of art, be it a rug, be it a curtain that's multicolored, has a pattern. So in other words, it has a style to it and it has a color palette. And that will give me the style and color palette for my room. In my case, I was forced to go with this stained glass and I really hate it. (laughs) It's yellow and orange and red and green. And those are colors that just aren't at the top of my list. Like I'm a blue girl, teal, purple. I'm a cool colors gal, so I'm having to rationalize that and use the stained glass in a way that is a compromise for me. So what I did is I found a rug that incorporated the colors of the stained glass, the red, orange, yellow, green, yellow, and it mixed in colors I like, blues and light blues and it has dark navy to cool it down. It has sage green. I'll put it on the podcast website so you can see what I'm talking about, but basically i turned the inspiration item on its head i started with that stained glass with colors i don't like and i found a different piece that incorporated all those colors but also had colors i do like so all of a sudden i've got an inspiration piece that's given me a new color palette that's much brighter bolder and more inclusive of other colors in the spectrum not just warm colors and also i have a style because this rug has a really specific pattern as you can tell from the fact that it uses like 15 colors so there we go inspiration items so now i'm back on track i'm dealing with this craftsman with a lot of stained glass i'm working within the boundaries in terms of using it for my color palette what's next the next step is to pick my two-word phrase again in my book again i departed from it when i was pinning like crazy what was i thinking i should go back to my rules so a two-word phrase and the two-word phrase is two words that you're going to use to sum up everything you pick up for your apartment or your home the first word is the style word so what style do you want it to be do you want it to be traditional do you want it to be mid-century do you want it to be beachy do you want it to be minimalist pick your style word in this case sometimes the architecture dictates the style but craftsmen can be kind of open it's a lot of straight lines and my place has a lot of like big windows so i'm like i'm gonna take this back and my dream if i could just dream about anything would be to have a mid-century style home i love mid-century modern and i love funky retro patterns this is stuff my clients typically are not into like the bolder the better the more 70s if it looks like it was on the brady bunch it's totally in line with my style but that's not always sophisticated so let's get back to the two-word phrase and then i'll tell you how i make it sophisticated first thing mid-century i knew that's what i wanted to go for and i was going to impose it on this freaking stained glass mansion not exactly a mansion, but comparatively, I live in a small apartment. Um, So then the next word is how you want to feel in the space. So first word, style of the space. So in my case, it's mid-century. Second word, feel of the place. And unfortunately, not only do I have a partner that's architecture, and I have a wonderful partner who's a spouse, but I also have two little partners two little kids. And even though I don't want them to dictate my style, they do, right? I They're four and two. I can't have any glass. I can't have sharp edges. I can't have things that are too expensive because they're going to get trashed. I have to think about that. And it's constantly affecting all my decisions. First, I ask myself, is it mid-century? Does it meet my style requirements? And then I'm asking, is it family-oriented? I know that's a downer. But I'm all about practicality. And if I find something expensive or something that stains easily, it's going to look like crap. And I want my design to look really good for as long as possible. So my two-word phrase, mid-century, family-oriented. It's a hyphenated word, so it counts as one, right? So that's my two-word phrase. And when I'm shopping, I'm asking myself first, is it mid-century? Check. Is it family-friendly? A check. So I designed my place in two hours last night using my new track that I'm very specific on. And you know what? I should have never deviated from my rules in the first place. So that's a little tidbit about my dream house. I'm compromising, making it work, and ultimately no longer anxious about the furnishings, just about the lifestyle change. And that's a big change for me. So check out our website, which is bigdesignsmallbudget.com. And you can see my Pinterest board. I've taken out the crazy. So it's just the things that I love. And you can also see some images of my house and the horrible stained glass, even though I guess it's by somebody famous. That's what they said. So I can't rip it out. And the house is like 100 years old. And they were like, this person's kind of famous. And it's such a gem to have it. It was like a selling point, And I'm like, oh, can we just box it out? Anyway TMI so this whole episode has been TMI and so we're not going to do that segment and sorry I rambled on but it's just it's what's on my mind and I separated myself from my personal anxiety about moving in and how much furniture would cost and I said how do I really work what are the steps I need to go through to get this done and I think they'll work for you too. So that has been our show for today. If you have questions about your dream house, feel free to write me at Betsy at design.com. And of course you can call in with your audio questions. You can leave it on the voicemail at 917-686-1319 or you can just leave an audio message in our inbox and of course this episode was produced by the amazing katherine heller you will recognize our theme song from aton in the embassy and we are sponsored by affordable interior design the premier place to get a great design on a budget thank you so much for joining me and we'll see you next week
0: made you think that this is where you belong walking the streets like a